Well, 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 here we are again, Jonathan. It's the darkest time of the year again. We've done this. This is our fourth time to do a Christmas special for Well Adjusted. That's amazing. I'm just thinking about all the things, all the projects that like I've started and quickly abandoned. Right, right. We, we keep which doing is, this. Which is the vast majority of projects, of course, throughout my life, worth saying. We keep doing this because we enjoy it. You might not have gotten that feeling from the previous episode <laughs> that we enjoy this. And that's probably mostly my fault oh. for being in such a, a, a foul mood and not 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 a, not recognizing, you know, that I was in a foul mood because sometimes I sometimes I know, sometimes I don't know. But that was just that had nothing to do with anything other than well, like as we've said, the holidays make me cranky sometimes. It's just the I yeah. get it. Yeah. No, I totally get it. It's just everything. It's not it's not like there's not plenty to do yeah. on a regular week. Right. right? Oh, yeah. Like you're just your normal life. It's not like it's not like you're you know, you don't have stress. Everyone does, of course. And then you add the holidays, and yes, lots about them are nice. I don't want to hope, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Humbug everything because well, lots about it's nice. I love watching my kids open presents. It's just that you got to get the presents under the tree, and I, I will, I just start making myself completely crazy about that as of about November first. Yeah, I get that. But our loyal listeners also understand that the person sitting across from you. I love this time of year. I'm wearing my Christmas sweater. If you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, which you can, you can see my lovely Star Wars Christmas sweater. We also have a Nutcracker gift next to us. We will not be opening that on the air because I have no idea what's in it. That's scary. And we're listening to some Christmas jazz instrumental to set the mood. Yeah, we are. Now, one thing I did notice, Jonathan, before we get into the film we're going we're gonna to cover, which was requested years ago that we cover, and we're just now getting to it. Jonathan leaves his Halloween decorations and puts Christmas <laughs> decorations up. Now, you say it like it's a bad thing. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just, I didn't know that was a subgroup of holiday decorators. You know, some people decorate on Thanksgiving Day, you know, or that night. Some people decorate before Thanksgiving because they're so depressed that Halloween's over. I know those people. And then we have some people that decorate December 1st. You have some people that decorate December 11th because they're using real trees. Old school, you didn't decorate till Christmas Eve, which is kind of weird to me. But I also understand that I think we need we need Christmas so much these days. Like we need the holidays so much. Not not necessarily just Christmas, but yeah. we need that that bright light, that incentive to be loving and caring. I feel like we need that. So we're we're more apt to start decorating earlier <laughs> and start celebrating earlier. You know, with the decorations, I think we got we got our tree this year like the day we didn't even wait to Thanksgiving. I think we got it like a week before Thanksgiving. And you guys got a real one. Yeah. So my worry with that is does it dry out when you do it that when you buy it that early? So that you know, we were a little worried about that because this is the earliest we've ever gotten one, but it seems fine. Yeah. Just add water. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's okay. I mean, you just keep adding water and I guess a fire won't happen. We used to always when we bought real Christmas trees when I was much younger. We all we didn't do it until like mom's birthday, which would have been December twelfth. We just, you know, because we didn't want it to dry out. So I didn't know if like most people get a real tree. I guess they, it doesn't matter as long as you keep watering it. Yeah, I think as long as you keep watering it, it's fine. But we, ha- we have a fake tree, uh, but it's not it's not an aluminum tree or anything. Which we that's fine too. We had we had fake ones in the past, mm-hmm. but I guess once the kids started coming, it was mostly because you know you, then you get to go like pick out a tree. Yeah. And it's a thing for them. Yeah. And this time, you know, we've been going to the place that lets you saw your own down. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Those, 
Those kids are never going to forget that, Jonathan. I'm Nothing has. Well, I'm not, <laughs> let me rephrase this. Few things have impressed upon me how much I need to start exercising <laughs> more than as did. <laughs> That's awesome. Sitting flat on my butt with that little rusty, dull, miserable saw that they give you. It's oh, they give place. you a saw? Oh, of wow. course. I, I can't be trusted to bring my own saw, but they give you yeah, right. they give you a little saw, you know, and, it, and you're just down there because you got to you want to cut as close to the bottom as possible. There's yeah. just no graceful way nope. to get down there or really to get leverage. Anyway, yeah. this is a long way of winded way of saying that um I am in the new year I may I may need to I may need to do something about this situation. Well, you know, some of these weight sets aren't very expensive anymore, Jonathan. You know, uh-huh. they you, you just really need like two little little weight things that are like 25 pounds. You, you know? know how we can tell that Levi loves me? Because he just pretended that the thing between me and exercise mm-hmm. was like the equipment. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a little yeah. bit of money, maybe. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit of money, and and you'll have as though, <laughs> as though that were the thing right. that has kept me in this. Well, that got me in this state, and and is currently keeping me here. All right, so we're here, of course, to talk about a Christmas movie. Out of all the Christmas movies that we've covered, besides maybe A Christmas Carol, this might be the most Christmas Christmas movie we've covered. We're, of course, talking about Gremlins, directed by Joe Day. Um, I had not seen this movie since I was a kid. It's been a long time, but images are burned into my psyche from that yeah, age. It's been a minute since I've seen it, too. I've seen it since I was a kid, but it's you, been a minute. You watched it with your kids. I did. I Well, I tried to. I watched it with, I tried to watch it with my six-year-old and my nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. The six-year-old noped out about halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> about the time when, it was when the gremlin came after the science teacher. Oh, yeah, that's scary. That's a scary scene. And that's really the first... Mm-hmm. I can see the how the first that's... really scary scene in there. Yeah, yeah. I can see how that would scare. But the nine year old, she made it all the way through. Yeah. And she liked it. You know, and she and she left the movie with with the same impression that I think all kids did when we originally saw it, which is that, you know, you want a Mogwai. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants a because a gizmo. Because, yeah. because you and me, of course, we would have been responsible enough. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of the, course. You know, the old Chinese man would not have to come berate us for being irresponsible morons. No. What did he say? Uh, take on a, a mogwai requires great responsibility. Great, great responsibility. Yeah, With yeah. great power, Levi, comes as great, you may have right, heard, right. comes great responsibility. By the way, do you think the, the Marvel thing, they just stole that from Gremlins? No, 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 no. That, I mean, I know. Spider-Man was, was a thing way before. Know. Okay. We actually had a, we named our dog Gizmo when we were kids. That's how much we liked a Gizmo. And then... I guess I was too old, but Furbies came out. You remember Furbies? I do, and they were basically gizmos. They, were they just little looked robots. like gizmos, yeah, but they had like beaks instead of whatever the fuck he's got going on. Gizmo kind of had a little beak. He, he kind of does. It's almost like ape-like, though, I feel. I don't know. It does kind of look like a beak. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, produced and presented by Steven Spielberg. And this does some Spielbergian things, like having... Loving relationships juxtaposed against brutal deaths, like in Jaws and Jurassic Park, because you you think Jurassic Park's a horror movie, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so too. What else would it be? Uh, action adventure. I don't know. I, I you know we've talked about this. I just there's a huge number of people who are just incredibly reluctant to call a good movie a horror movie. Of course it is, but again, but again, there is this huge you know impulse to call. To, to, to refuse to call any good movie, good movie a horror movie, even when it is. And I think it's related to the fact that, like, well, 
as I was very crankily, crankily explaining about the Thanksgiving movie we watched. But, but, I, but I think it's tied into, into the reverse impulse, which is that a horror movie has to be a silly splatter fest. Right. Mm-hmm. I get that. So, yeah. But no, I think Jurassic Park is. I think Gremlin certainly is. Is it? Let's let's say that for later. Now, okay. I, I I do I do agree that it is, but I know there's a lot of people who probably don't or wouldn't, and we'll go we'll go into that and why it actually is. And I think I think it's something that you've been preaching since day one on this podcast. Kathleen Kennedy is an executive producer, one of the executive producers. Kathleen Kennedy is single-handedly responsible for almost ruining Star Wars in the recent years. Is she the the lady they're always complaining about on the Lucas YouTube? Lucasfilm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's the head of Lucasfilm. It was written by Christopher Columbus, who directed Home Alone and the first two... I didn't know that. The first two uh, Harry Potter films. Well, that's some pedigree. Yeah. And then, of course, Joe Dante directed it. He did. He went on to do Gremlins 2. He also did Piranha, one of Jonathan's favorite films. The river is filled with carnivorous fish. Thank you. Piranha. He also did The Howling and Twilight Zone, the movie. So, Joe Dante's got some credentials as well. And this stars, well, I didn't get the actor or actress's name. So hold on. Let me look that up real quick. Boop, 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 Which boop. one? Who plays Billy and who plays Billy's love interest? Well, Billy's love interest. Uh, Go on. Uh, let me stop you right here. Yeah, yeah. Is none other than Miss Phoebe Cates. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 and, uh, and the idea that a, that a heterosexual man could forget that name, Levi, well, could forget that name. <laughs> Caleb did bring that up. The, 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 at, the, Caleb brought that the up. Swimming at the swimming pool scene, yeah. you know. Oh, that's that's her. That's her from Ridgemont. Christmas Vacation. No, Ridgemont High. Oh, Fast oh, Times. Oh, Fast Times. Okay. When she she steps out of that yeah, pool yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. every. Okay, I thought I thought maybe you were talking about Christmas Vacation. She was pretty much responsible for like an entire generation's sexual awakening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach Galligan played Billy, and of course Phoebe Cates plays Kate. Corey Feldman is in this film as well. He is. We got a little Feldman magic. Dick Miller's in this film as well. The guy is that who plays Mr. Futterman? Uh, yes, that is who plays Mr. Futterman. He is outstanding. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the real villain is uh, Mrs. Is it Beasley? Oh, uh, Mrs. Deagle. I mean, Deagle, excuse me. Yeah, Mrs. Deagle. 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 So yeah, this Gremlins kind of balances holiday horror better than most. Like between like Christmas and having terrifying moments. Most movies that we watch are usually solely focused on the horror and not actually the Christmas part. I mean, of course, the Christmas decorations are around or Christmas Eve's the scariest damn night of the year. You know, that stuff. But I mean, I'm not I agree with you that this mm-hmm. one balances it really well. But I mean, let's not let's not forget about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that, that juggled right. <laughs> the competing themes of a horror movie and, you know, a life affirming and ultimately like social order reaffirming, a reaffirmation mm-hmm. of the existing social order as, as well as this one did. Yeah, right. Of course, Mogwai comes from Chinatown. You're 80s, man. <laughs> so there are three rules to the Mogwai. Do you, name them, Jonathan. What are the three rules? Number one, don't go to Chinatown to get your kid a Christmas present. Well, that's not... in the eighties. Don't do it. that. <laughs> oh, oh, I, actually, no. I've got a, I've got some. I'm going to get to the real rules. But one rule is, if you do go to Chinatown in the eighties to get a last minute Christmas present, 
Don't follow a strange kid like into a basement. Who's who's wearing a Yankees hat? That was that is such an eighties thing. Don't, like it just reminds me of Temple of Doom. Well, follow but. a you know a little boy just into a weird basement. Number two, if you if you do all of those things, third rule: don't try and like talk the the wise old Chinese man into selling you something he t- does not want to sell you. Right, because our our character here is an inventor and a salesman. Just. <laughs> And a little bit of a... Poor bastard. Not exactly a thief, but... Because this, this gets me to rule number four. And if you do all of the things that I've just told you mm-hmm. not to do, well, don't don't cap your evening by arranging a side deal with the kid right. to buy the thing against the wise old man's wishes. He hoodwinks the guy. That's not even legal. He hoodwinks him. I that, know. That's theft by receiving. Oh, I know. Man but... committed a felony. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, this guy's nice. You know? Yeah, no, he was... He was super understanding. When you think about, yeah, when you think about everything that that, that goes that down because did, of that, and everything yeah. that goes down, like old man was pretty chill. So, the three actual rules, though, yeah, are don't get them wet. Yes, keep them away from bright lights and don't feed them after midnight. So and this is this is what Mogwai's owner is talking about: great responsibility, because we find out what happens when you don't do that. And of yeah. course, and this is why this film is a horror movie. You set up rules for these characters to break them, and then they pay the price. That's why this is, this is a morality tale. And I know that is Jonathan's, one of Jonathan's key things to being... Lamb. I need a, I need a yeah, bell for to be, morality tale, we just fucking like do, you do yeah. for Lovecraft. For Lovecraft. We'll I don't get, know. We'll get different bells. I don't know how I'm going to bring Lovecraft into this, but watch me. Uh, <laughs> Speaking yeah. of rules, I wanted to throw that well, out. Well, one of the ahead. rules of horror movies is that you don't break the rules and you, that you will pay a price. But those those are the three rules here. So, of course, this inventor dad brings Mogway home to his son for Christmas. Because it's the day before Christmas Eve? I think so. It's I think it's Christmas it's right Eve, Eve yeah, the 23rd. So we've got some holiday movie tropes. I mentioned that right off, right off the top. We have Christmas music. It starts with a narrator. Now, remember, our inventor um, salesman narrates the first, like, five minutes it does. when I he's going into Chinatown. Yeah. It's capped by voiceovers. Yeah. I think, are they doing, like, a like a film noir thing when he's going into Chinatown or something? And that's why, but I don't, I don't know. Um, let's see. It's a Wonderful Life makes an appearance. That's the sign of a, a holiday movie. Yes. Rich people being mean to poor people. That's the sign of a holiday movie. Christmas it's interesting that carols. <laughs> Back in the day, that was like the only time that was mentioned, though, was in holiday movies. Mm-hmm. The, rest of the, the rest of the year, we just pretended that... No one gave a shit. We just pretended... They still don't. Charity. It wasn't... Yeah, they still don't. I guess it's still true. That's the thing about Scrooge, and what's, what Scrooge is preaching is that you carry that throughout the entire year, not just during the holidays. Yeah, but Mrs. Deagle is very much a classical Mr. She's Scrooge, a, right? Mrs. Yeah. Scrooge, bro. Mrs. Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, she lives alone in a big house with yeah. the cats. Yep. We have Christmas carols sung by Christmas carolers and by the little bastard gremlins. We'll get to that part because I love that part. There is so much fucking fake snow because one of the backlots they use it for the town square is the same one they use for Back to the Future for a lot of other things like Gilmore Girls, I think Tyler, my brother said. And we also get how the holidays can be sad speech. Yes. Because we all know that they can be sad. So, feels out there for the people who have sad holidays. Our boy Billy's down on his luck, though. 
Well, yeah. Okay. So Billy's got some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing better off than some of the other people in the community, like that poor lady who's begging for her family not to be evicted. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. right there in the bank, just pleading for like more time. Of course, Mrs. Deagle's not interested. No, that's a terrible job to have around the holidays, being a bank clerk. And and if, I feel like he just graduated high school, maybe. <clears throat> like he's a he's not in college though, so like maybe he's in between or he's thinking about it or. And he's he's suffering greatly under under that that schmarmy boss of his at the bank, Judge Reinhold. That's What's right. that guy's name in the movie? Oh, I don't remember. I really don't remember. God, I, I finished this last night. His father, like he, like we said, is an inventor. No, and not a terribly well. It, are we, it, it doesn't seem like his dad is successful at all. No, and yet they have a really nice house. They do. And granted, in the eighties, you could get a really nice house for right. about seventy five dollars. It's not a two income one dog no. size house that it is. That is. This is a twenty twenty three. This is like a home alone house. It really is. Maybe not that fancy, but it's it. I feel like that's something. That's a lot. That's in a lot of Christmas movies. A big house, a lot, and I guess that's. You know, a lot of I guess a lot of films solely like the action takes place inside the house for a Christmas movie. So I guess you have to have a big house. But I just I just think about that because so, a lot of Christmas movies are anti-materialism, anti-capitalism, and yet there's this massive house that our heroes or whatever live in. Yeah, I feel like there's something there, but maybe not. It's interesting that you know I was saying that Christmas mm-hmm. movies are one of the few times you get a sort of look at class differences and poverty and things like that. But yep. even even then, it's not completely honest because, you know, the un- unsuccessful inventor is living in a giant home on one income with whatever he's right. selling. Right. And, and like a kid that's already out of high school. But the kid is providing as well. You know, I guess he's living at home and helping out, you know, because he's got a job. One of the fucking Corys shows up in this film. Do you know which one that is? The Feldman. The Feldman, yeah. He's on tour. He's got his own bobblehead doll now. Does he really? His own little pop pop for, doll. From like, what? Is it just a Corey Feldman? I think so. Okay, that's weird. It's not him from like... I don't remember. I don't remember if it's, one of the films, it's specifically one of his characters Like Stand By or Me not. or anything? I don't remember. I know that Stephen King yeah. retweeted it. Yeah. That's and I saw it. Corey uh, spills water on Gizmo, one, breaking one of the rules already. And little gizmos pop off, pop off of his back. It's kind of disgusting. It's weird. It is, and the, and the sounds not pleasant. No, it's not. The, sound's the sounds are gross in this movie. A really good, really good sound work. So there's five new ones now. And fuck, dude, like that. That'll ruin anyone's night. I wonder how many times the word "neat" is said in this film because it. I noticed it's said a lot in this movie. Oh, that's neat. And now that's that you mention neat. it, yeah, the Feldman drops neat. it a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Billy drops and then it a Billy times. drops it. Yeah. No, he's not a neat. No, 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 he's neat not. Mr. We'll get. Fetterman's we'll get him. Whatever his name The is. little gizmos are already tearing shit up too. Like they're already, and Billy says that they're already different than Gizmo is. And There's really, something different. Really, about it's them. all you know. It's just an allegory about having children. I think so too. Yeah, I think you're so. really excited <laughs> when you bring the, the first one's one. always the best. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> the Don't next thing you know, there's like six of them. Everything <laughs> in your house is destroyed. <laughs> The neighbors are screaming. That's why something's on fire. That's why parents laugh so hard at this movie. I guess. I think so. Because <laughs> you know when they when they turn green and you know parents are like, yeah, I don't yeah, that makes that. sense. They're still cute though. 
one of them hangs Barney the the family dog up by some Christmas lights, and that's when I that's when I got pissed off, Jonathan. That was a bridge too far. That's going way you, too you far. You were fine with the science teacher having his arm eaten off, right? Or whatever they did to that right. poor guy. If it would have been the kid, I would have been happier than it being the dog. <laughs> Rather see the Feldman you, go. You know this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Billy brings one to his old high school science teacher, Mister Hanson. Which here, I'm sorry, we yeah. have to stop and talk about how shocking that scene is. To any modern viewer, because Billy just walks into a into right. a middle school carrying something he, in a box. Yeah, could have been anything. An unidentified man just walks <laughs> into a middle school carrying a box. Yeah, <laughs> he does not check into the office. Nope. He does not show ID. He's they not wearing not, a mesh bag. They do not give him a little sticker or a clear backpack. Right. There's no police officer at There's the door. There's no school resource officer. Yeah. No one's armed. Yeah. He just he walks into the school. He casually goes to the classroom of his old science teacher. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, oh, hey, Billy. Yeah, I know. You got, you got a sec? You got a sec? I just <laughs> I found something really weird. And, you know, in this town, you're the only person who knows how to spell science. Right. So we brought... <laughs> seems you're the way. only person who knows how to run a projector to show I a do... movie to little kids. So you're our technical person. I do want to say Joe Dante and Chris, Christopher Columbus, who wrote this, portray these townspeople as really stupid. And I, I think that's funny and on, definitely on purpose. Like they just do stupid things. Like there's one point where the the gremlins are taken over, and you can hear on the radio. They're the radio announcer is like they're pulling in the fire trucks to hose these things down. And of course, if you add water, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Know, it gets worse. It's terrible. Well, so, well let's talk about so the cops. Funny. What do you mean? Like the, the two most useless oh, policemen yeah, in the history oh, of my, police work. I, you know, I love incompetent police in a film. I love that shit. And you know, but they are terrible. And I, first of all, we got to give them a pass for not. I'm not blaming them for not believing Billy at first. Mm-hmm. Look, kid, kid, you know, it's Christmas. He comes into the, the police station with a, an unbelievable story, and they just assume that he's, you know, messing with them or drunk or whatever. Yeah. And they just, you know, and plus they're drunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're just kind of having a little fun with mm-hmm. him until the real calls start to come in. Oh, they're... But once that happens, mm-hmm. don't they drive away from yeah. a man being like, they do. murdered? They, they do. <laughs> they're like, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that's their comment. Yeah. Well, man, we better run because yeah. this does not look safe. Now, you know what, what we need? We need some police. <laughs> but as we learn later, the gremlins know how to fire a gun. Now, according to the town drunk, your favorite, your Federal, favorite. That's my future. The the racist. The, the, Driving a snowplow he, drunk. He says. Complaining the, about foreigners. He says the foreigners bring the gremlins over in their vehicles and machinery. <laughs> Oh my god! And this is before anyone has seen a gremlin. Wait, wait so do, do his voice. I can't. You can do. You can do. No, his voice. I can't. On, I can't do his voice. <laughs> I can't bring the gremlins over. No, I can't do it. I know. It's like this American. Like a midwestern. Yeah, it's like. Oh, can I do it? Can I hear the music? I can't do it. I tell you, it's these these foreign cars. You know, they bring. I, I can't do. <laughs> you do. That's pretty good. Kate hates Christmas, and Billy says, "What are you Hindu?" <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nobody. She could be Jewish or or atheist or yeah, it's eighties. These little gizmos are brats, dude. They're little mischievous brats, conniving. They chew through the wire in Billy's alarm clock, and you know what's about to happen. And so here's the thing. You know, you said that they had rules and they broke the rules. Yeah, but but not exactly. Like not maliciously or on purpose. No. 
they, it's not on purpose. Because the they're get, just not careful. No, because getting them wet was, of course, the Feldman spilled some water. Right, right. Feeding them after midnight, of course, was this accident that they chewed through the wire in his alarm clock, so he wouldn't be able to. I tell mean, what that time was, was that was some real sabotage. They're was, smart, dude. They like can psychological. They warfare. can speak and read English. <laughs> like they can read English. Like, Except for Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, Gizmo probably. couldn't be like, dear Billy. Yeah, yeah. Very nice to meet you. These guys I feel are I should elaborate on the rules my previous owner yeah. gave your dad. So I love when, when Billy Billy starts to feed them after midnight, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is playing yeah. in the background. Nice You're touch. next. It's a nice You're touch. You're next. I love it. They go after that chicken, man. They do. They grow Little in stoners. They grow into these gross like egg pods. You know. And Gizmo didn't eat it's after a, midnight. Gizmo cocoon. knew better. And he almost, he should have said something. Gizmo should have said something. Again, he could have drawn a speak. picture. Yeah. He says, bright light, bright light. Mm, yummy. He could have yeah. been like, move out, move out. I move mean, out. yeah. No, 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 no. Didn't do yeah. anything. Could have done that. Dad's away. Okay, this is, okay, so hold on. They're going to these egg pods. Gizmo doesn't eat. Here, here comes the metamorphosis where it's explained to us. This is almost an hour into the film. Dad's away at a convention on Christmas Eve, and kids are in school on Christmas Eve. Because remember, the science teacher is like showing them a slideshow when the gremlin that's yeah, in when his class starts to hatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these kids are these kids are at school on Christmas Eve. Like, I guess I don't know. I noticed that about, and this, I'm going to nerd out here for a second, Jonathan. It's Christmas. In the cartoon Frosty the Snowman by, made by Rankin Bass that we all know, though that's Christmas Eve, and those kids are at school on Christmas Eve. Now, what kind of a country do we live in where children have to go to school on Christmas Eve, Jonathan? I'm going to tell you why that was okay. Why? Because in the 80s, if you were in school on Christmas Eve, you were only doing two things. What's watching that? watching projectors. That's true. And smoking cigarettes. That's true. <laughs> and that's a fine way to spend Christmas Eve. Yeah. What you watch some movies with your friends and you smoke cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. It's great. Yeah, yeah. One hatches at the school and Mr. Hansen gets it. So we have the eighties trope of the person of color getting <laughs> killed first. And oh I, damn, he, that's not a good look. You're he, right, too. <laughs> he's, he, he's the right. first one. He gets stuck with a needle. Or he his face gets eaten off. Which one is it? Because he has a needle sticking out of his his back. It's like they dosed him, and oh, then, you know, it's like he the the gremlin dosed him, dosed him or whatever. I thought he died from like blood loss because he sticks his arm under there. Right, and but then I thought they weren't they weren't showing his face because maybe the thing ate his face off, and they well, couldn't that's show that. Yeah, I don't know. Can but we, it's hard to feel sorry for this guy because. His offense against the the gremlin is that he draws blood from it for a blood test. Yeah, when, when it's still a magway, right? Right, right. So you can understand it being a little sore mm-hmm. about that that little stick, but then it it gets out and wisely he shuffles all of all of his kids out of the class, right? So yeah, that's yeah. responsible. Go you, yeah, yeah. Of course, he wants to see what's what's erupted from this cocoon, and then he you know the only wise thing to do is to turn off all the lights. Yeah, this is this is the scene that got your six year old out. Yes, because it, it's the first horror scene know, in is. the film when he starts when he leans under that desk where the thing's hiding in a, in a you know a dark hole and sticks his entire arm in there. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. I get that. The scary part. I get it. Yeah, back at the house, poor Gizmo is getting pinned up to the dartboard. 
the little fuckers have hatched and they're they're being mean to our baby boy and yeah, you can't help but get well, pissed he, off at him. He, you know, he wasn't exactly a team player. All he had to do was have a little chicken. All right, ride the lightning. Here, here's the point. Here's what we've been waiting on. Mom just absolutely murders these gremlins, Jonathan. Like she murders them. She stuffs one in a blender. She stabs another to death. And I mean, like I, I think multiple the, I think times. the knife is the first one, right? No, no, no. It's the second. It's the second one. the The blender's the first one. Okay. And then where where their green blood goes everywhere. And then she shoves another one in the microwave and hits start. So I remember that as a kid. I remember oh, the microwave. Oh, yeah, the microwave I remembered. Yeah. I mean, that's a classic. But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing about Mrs. Peltzer. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have a whole theory about this movie around Mrs. Peltzer. Her name's Mrs. Peltzer? Well, yeah, that's the, that's the family name, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Let, Peltzer. Let, so let me look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Go and Mrs. Peltzer, Billy Peltzer. Go on, go on, go on. Anyway, here's my theory. As we have said... There is no way this loser dad is supporting this family. Yeah. To this standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way, right? No. And 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 we and we just assume from the beginning, I mean, Mrs. Peltzer is playing the, the role of a classic 80s housewife. Her right? name, the, the lady playing Mrs. Peltzer is Frances Lee McCain. We got it wrong at the beginning. We okay. want, I want to say that. Frances Lee McCain. But, you know, dad's out being an unsuccessful inventor. He's he's out off at a conference with a bunch of other nerds like the day before Christmas. Yeah. And he doesn't need to be there. He could be at home. So clearly, mm-hmm. I think clearly we we have all kinds of signs that Mrs. Peltzer's running the show here. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the the way she handles these gremlins because first of all, she takes care of three of them in like 5 minutes. Dude, she's Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Like she really is. No, no, no. And the, I'm sorry, that is my theory. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think because what what's the mark of a commando or a special forces person? They can, it's it's fighting with whatever you have around you. Right, right. Using your environment. Right. That's yeah. that's the training. Mm-hmm. And you you know and, and the, those guys they it go just snaps. Yeah, the, the training just kicks in. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and Mrs. Peltzer goes from, hmm, that's a strange noise. Yeah. To slaughtering everything moving <laughs> in her home with what she has. So here's she's the hero of the film. She is the biggest badass. In here this is movie. the unwritten subtext of Mrs. Peltzer's story. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Peltzer is a government operative. Mrs. <laughs> Peltzer is special forces. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Peltzer's paying the bills. I was going to say, that's how they're paying the bills. Yes. Because her, her, her poor, creative, heartwarming, just fuzzy man cannot bring in the bacon, no, bro. And, and, she can't, and, he can't. And there's nothing wrong with no, it. No, and he's a lovable teddy bear, That's right? right. Yeah, she loves it's him. It's like he's yeah. filled her kitchen with right. like all this shit that doesn't work. I mean, But he's right. trying to make it's her so life charming. easier. The house is filled with all these kooky inventions. Every time <laughs> she tries to use something to like do her housework, yeah. it breaks. Yeah. And does, she, and does she like holler, like, you know, get your dumb ass down yeah. here and buy no. me a real appliance? No. No. She's just so sweet. To, and of course, yeah. but you can imagine, look, a career in the special forces. Mm-hmm. What, you're gonna want to come home to just a teddy bear of a guy, right? Yeah. Just a simpleness. Just a just you know, a normal rest, home rustic. Life. Yeah. And yeah. with her skills, she's not gonna be working all year. No, she doesn't have to. She can. Ret- she's got a hell of a government pension right now yeah, to retire. I mean, she's the kind. She's fine. That kind of skills. That's where they like. They drop you in a place for a week and they come and get you. I like this theory. I like this theory. Now let's let's look at Frances Lee McCain's. I want you to look at this real quick. Right. She is an '80s star. She was in Back to the Future. She was in Gremlins. She is she the mom in Back to the Future? The she, old, the, the, the She's Stella Baines. I don't know who that is. She's she's Marty's grandma. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And then when she, he goes back, she's in Footloose and she's in Stand by Me. 
I mean, we're talking. She's Gordy's mom, and oh my god, I I, I never put any of this together. She's two, Gordy's mom. Right. Stand by me. Two of the biggest, two of the biggest movies in 1984. The biggest movie in 1985, and the best Stephen King adapt. One of the best Stephen King adaptions in 1986. She killed it. She crushed it. That's amazing. And then, well, that, that that's all I have to say because I like. Do I have to say more? I mean, did she keep working after? Oh that? yeah, she's got stuff in Preacher, the AMC uh, comic book adaptation. No that came kidding. Out. She's in Midnight Texas. She's in Dreamland. She's in Better Call Saul. She's in The Comeback. And her last thing I'm going to look up to those because that's fantastic. End of the road. Who she is in Better Call Saul is Judge Chapik. Chapik. I don't know. She plays a judge in Better Call Saul. So, yeah, she's still working. Hell, yeah. She was born in 1944. So, she's getting there. She's 79, I guess that would be. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she's still working. I'm going to look up some of that stuff. Me too. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Great work. I mean, I'm glad she can be, you know, because you can imagine trying to juggle a career as both an assassin and an actress. Right. I mean, come on. And a housewife. Right. Let's see here. Hold on. We got another relation to Breaking Bad coming up here in a second. Let's see. All things connect to Breaking Bad. Yes, of course. Billy makes it home and chops one heads one of the heads off with a sword. It's the sword that when the door shuts, it always falls and they have to put it back. That's in, like, that reminds me of, like, It's a Wonderful Life with the little thing at the end of the stairs that always falls off. Or there's other movies too where if you sh- if you close something something falls and you have to put it back. It's just this little charming family thing. Another movie we covered that has an excellent scene with a samurai sword with a sword. What is that? Chud. Chud. That's right. Chud did have a sword. In. And I'm just saying. We actually asked where the fuck did he get that katana? <laughs> the movie <laughs> Chud will be mentioned on this podcast until some of you go listen to that episode. Just please give us numbers on that so Jonathan will shut up It's the only way I'll stop. Stripe escapes. Yeah, the mohawk. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about discrimination, though. I mean, when did we decide anybody with a mohawk's bad? Right. Well, he's just menacing looking. He's just so menacing. They're all at the movie theater. And what are they watching, Jonathan? They're at the town movie theater. Oh, it's uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's right. They're watching Snow White. I, you know what's funny is you asked me what were they watching, and all I, I just heard the song. Hi ho, hi ho. So Stripe runs to the Y and falls into a pool. Uh oh! Now there's a whole army of them, and that's the army that goes to the theater. So I, I, strangely I got that enough, this mm-hmm. is where I started to lose interest in the movie. Really, rewatching it. Yeah, I lost interest when the Gremlins. The creepy things didn't show up until like an hour in. I was kind of like, this was kind of boring. Funny enough, I was. But, th- that's actually the part that held me. Mm. And it was when the, the gremlins have their little parade through town. Yeah, yeah. After after there's like you know hundreds of them. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't. I, maybe I, probably it's just because I'm so jaded with you know. Yeah. <laughs> some of this, the other stuff that that I've seen since then. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh shit, there's like a hundred of yeah. them. They can fill up a whole theater. Um, Jonathan's favorite character, the nationalist, <clears throat> is killed by the very thing he kept warning people about. A gremlin in a car. He didn't die. He didn't die? He's in part two. Oh, shit. Well, they, they crush him with a vehicle. It looks like he dies. Okay, yeah, There's yeah. no reason from watching part one to okay. assume that he lives, but he and his wife show up in part two and they're fine. Okay. And he goes to New York City to tell people yeah. about foreigners. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a great place to go tell people about foreigners. They're just wreaking havoc at this point. They're just tearing shit yep. up. 
Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike in Breaking Bad, it plays Deputy Brent, and he's kind of like comedic. So it's and he has hair, which is completely different than. Oh what, my! He's one of the useless cops. Yeah, yeah. In the deputy station. I did not yeah. put that together. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. I thought Jonathan would like that because he loves Breaking Bad. I love me some Breaking Bad. Gremlin Christmas carolers kill the cat lady by making her stairlift malfunction, thus throwing her through a second story window. <laughs> it's very. This whole movie is very cartoony. This is. This is very cartoony. But what's what's odd is that it, it is all very much, you know, Mr. Fetterman's thing about about buying f- from other countries. Mr. Right. Fetterman's thing about, you know, you're buying you're buying all these machines and these gadgets from other countries and they're sabotaging them on purpose and they're Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what these They're putting gremlins in them. Gremlins do sabotage but, machinery, yeah. Sure, and so, you know, th- and that's all they're doing. Or that's one of the ways that they mainly kill people mm-hmm. is, you know, and, and cause havoc is by sabotaging machines. So there's a weird kind of like technophobic yeah, I I, I got that vibe to it, too. Where trying... To fear technology or technology, you can't trust technology. It's too easy to malfunction. And or... I don't know why rewatching it that didn't hit for me. Yeah, I get that. I, I, maybe it's just because that we've like the idea of even being concerned about it is so far gone at this point. Yeah, and like we're right. all in. I mean, we're not right. There's no going. We're, back. we're never going to use less tech. I think I mean, there is something a planetary that, disaster. What's What's insane is that '84 they were already saying that. Well, Lovecraft was saying that, and there's that bill. Ding, 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 ding. Lovecraft was saying that in the '20s. You know, there's always been part of horror is the fear of technology. Yeah, you know. So I think uh, in that way, this is a horror movie as well. But yeah, the whole film's very cartoony. But there are some great set pieces. Like some of these set pieces are amazing. Like when they're running through the town square and everything's like on fire and they're all, you know, doing whatever. And one jumps up out at Kate and she just shoves him back through the window, the car window. Like that whole set piece is so amazing, dude. Like there's some really great gags in this film. It's, it's great. Now, speaking of Kate, is she a final girl? She's a brunette. She's shy. And she has past trauma. Now, according to the Final Girl Film Final mm. Girl Film Collective, which we touched on last episode, those are all signs of a Final Girl. They are signs of a Final Girl. Is she? <clears throat> For some reason, I'm reluctant to call her a Final Final Girl because to me that means that you have to be. I usually reserve that for when the when the heroine is the main character. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and in this, she's she plays a big role. Yeah, and she kills some gremlins. Oh yeah, no, she she she. I would argue, but that she Billy a, could not have done this. Without no, her. but yeah. she does not have a lot of screen time compared to Billy. Yeah. To Billy, yeah. or I think you're right. So I don't know. Her dad died trying to get down a chimney. Dressed as Santa. <laughs> Did you laugh when she was telling that story? Yes, because I uh, because it's so ironically dark because <laughs> that's how she learned that Santa wasn't real either. <laughs> but aren't you the whole time? Oh man. I mean, imagine you're Billy. Now you can't laugh. Cause you know, that's not, that relationship's not going to work no, out. If I you don't, don't keep the appropriate I face. Had I been in that moment with her, there's no way I would have laughed, but, but isn't the first thing you want to say, just like how stupid was your dad? I mean, did your dad have he's a previous trying to do head something, injury? He's trying to do something for his little girl. I get it. I I wish I could dress up as Santa for kids. And climb down a chimney? Well, no. I don't want to climb down anybody's Again, chimney. The, I'm not objecting to the dressing up as Santa. That's cute. I know. But he actually tried to climb down the chimney. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Now, look. We, we always have to remember that this was before the internet. 
Yeah. So you couldn't just Google, is it safe to climb down a chimney? Yeah, or how it, does one successfully climb down a yeah, chimney? Yeah, you know, you, there's, there was no YouTube video <laughs> right. to be like, listen, first got to grease yourself up head mm-hmm. to toe. Santa suit, too. Yeah. You don't want that catching on anything. And a lot of these places don't... Like, chimneys aren't big. Like, that's something I always questioned as a kid, well, was how yeah. the fuck... Does anybody get There's down the those? fact that chimneys are quite small. There's mm-hmm. also the fact that they are filthy. They are filthy. Unless you're just OCD about getting a, a chimney sweeper over there. And see, you, you have an inherent, you have an immediate conflict here because you want to be a surprise. Yeah. So you're not going to tell anybody that you're about to do it. Yeah. But if nobody knows that you're in the chimney, right. then nobody knows not to start a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, he just died of, what was it like? Stupidity. Well, no, I think it was like lack of oxygen or no, being No, she said he broke or, his neck. He broke his he neck. He slipped that's right. and broke his yeah, neck. Yeah, that's right. And they didn't know oh until the smell. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, Dad's missing. <laughs> Shit. All the gremlins. She played it, the actress, too. Case, you know, she played it. Of course, she had to play it straight. I mean, that was, that was straight. the scene, but just. 100% straight. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, all the gremlins go to the town movie theater, the town cinema, and again, watch Snow White. There's so many smoking gremlins. The gremlins love to smoke. That is, like, there's a shot of a gremlin in a bar that has four cigarettes in its mouth. You know, they, they're dirty, filthy. They're, they're, they're smoking, they're, they're drinking, and they're, they're eating junk food, Jonathan. They're on the naughty list. That's the 80s. That's the 80s. Listen, the fa- I understand that we're all, you know, very proud of our civilization for cutting down smoking rates so much. But have you considered that when we took away cigarettes, things really went off the rails? <laughs> have you considered that well, when we've got these things now and they work they work and uh, you know and the i vapes. know they're a little better for you and that's great i'm just saying that like when americans were smoking there was there was very little morbid obesity mm. well, yeah. you know we had very few financial <laughs> crashes yeah the rat poison takes away your, your we had very few financial <laughs> crashes your uh, uh the economy was overall more productive I mean, I don't know. You know, people had more personal agency and responsibility. You know why? Because they were wired up on cigarettes. And cigarettes are great for you. Quit it. I just quit, Jonathan. In all ways, except for your lungs. I just quit. If it weren't weren't for the lungs. I know. (laughs) Okay, so Billy releases gas in the theater and lights it on fire and blows it up. So all the gremlins are dead, except we didn't see that Stripe was across the street in the department store and is still alive. He finds a water fountain after trying to kill Billy in many different ways, using things throughout the mall. I mean, he's kind of having a, a field day. He's got a he got a chainsaw in a in a in an athletic store. I don't know where he got that, but but he did. There's a chainsaw and a stores, pitching oh, and a pitching machine right next to something it. else about the '80s is that stores had stuff in stock. Oh oh, they like, just had everything. When you went to a store, yeah. like there oh. was no, we'll order it for you. Oh okay, <laughs> it was there. Yeah. Chainsaws too. Gizmo essentially turns on the lights or opens the blinds because it is daytime now. Killing Stripe. It melts him down to the bone and it is gross, dude. Like It is. It's all bubbly and goopy and melting in his teeth and it's disgusting. It's, it's very effective. I really liked that part, actually. It reminded me of... Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> when the Nazi oh, gets yeah. his face I melted. Didn't, I didn't yeah. think about that, but that, that's um, a good call out. Thank God the dog is all right. Barney is safe. So that that's all I was concerned about, well, yeah. Jonathan. 
The news blames the damage on mass hysteria. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I love that too. They're not going to tell the world what happened in this town. No, no, Again, no, no, there no. was no internet, right? The news was going to say whatever the authorities told him to say. <laughs> yeah. And you used to be able to just be like, that... Mass hysteria. The film ends with Gizmo's owner coming back. Ran out of cigarettes. People went crazy. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't we worry got about him. it. We got the got holidays. A, we got a truck full of Marlboros. The goddamn just, holidays. Just coming in town. This all takes place over Christmas Eve night, too. Gizmo's owner comes back telling Billy he's not ready yet. And we get the Christmas trope of someone walking off into like the sunrise on Christmas Day. With, with the Mogwai happily chatting. Yeah. So... It is a morality play, so that is is this satire? Is this like satire in any way about? Yeah, I the think it, I think it has to have like a a satirical strain to it, just because you know, I mean, the the final battles in a department store. Yeah, yeah, that, it's, and back in the day, I mean, Christmas and department stores—that's that's where you got your stuff. I'm surprised they didn't have. You know, uh, a set piece of people mobbing each other to get to the right toys. <laughs> well, that's later. That, yeah. th- that didn't happen yet. No, I guess not. But it happened in Jingle All the Way. So yes, I mean that. But that was mid nineties. Yeah, that came so, along later. Yeah, yeah. I I just I like this movie. I enjoy it. But it's not something I'm gonna run, rush to watch every Christmas. I know some people do, and that's awesome. Like I I commend that. This is a really well made film, but it's not. Like, I love monster movies. It was just a little too PG for me, I think. I think, I think no, it's I just a little that. too PG. And I... I mean, obviously, the the small ladies' town setting is exaggerated even for then. Yeah, it is. Right? So it's a little bit exaggerated even for then. So, And so now when I watch it, I think, I think most of the enjoyment is just remembering, you know, everything... How things used to be, basically. Just, just it's like an opportunity to to look for a second and realize just how much things have changed. Yeah, which I don't think we're. I'm not sure how we would be sufficiently honest about or or uh, mindful about, but I don't think we are at all. Like just as a as a group as a society. Yeah. Mindful enough or aware enough of of just how radically and how quickly things have changed over the last twenty twenty years. That, this was forty years ago, Jonathan. I know. Yeah. Okay. But, but <laughs> okay. I'm, no, but I'm. But I mean specifically. Yeah. I mean yeah, specifically because yeah. it just keeps accelerating. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. yeah. Next year, this film will turn forty. It's thirty-nine this year. I mean, and so you know the 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 rate of change in the twenty years immediately after this come out came out versus mm-hmm. the rate of change in the following twenty. Yeah, it's great. It's insane. It's just it's like double. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just going to get faster. And again, know? just to turn on That's a movie, the theory. And see somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. There's the scene in the bar and like nobody's staring at a phone. Yeah, no, because I didn't didn't have. We used to be a country, Jonathan. <laughs> we, we used to we used to smoke cigarettes. And we used to make films like and this. land yeah. on the moon. We used to make films like this and the Goonies and Temple of Doom. And if, and if we want to go to space and if we want to become an interplanetary species, yeah, we got to start smoking again. Got to start smoking again. Okay, so this is a wild theory. So if you've been following us on any of our socials, we are doing what's called Creep Miss. And I'm doing 20 days of Creep Miss. Oh. It started on December 5th with Krampusnacht, which is Krampus night, the night before St. Nicholas Day Nice in Eastern Europe. Go back and listen to our Krampus episode to get some of that history. But one of, and I've been highlighting different spooky traditions throughout the world that happen 
during the solstice and the holidays. I'm about to run out of that stuff, so we'll soon be doing Christmas horror movies that we love on Creepmas and some Creepmas AI art I've I've been playing around with. Okay, that's nice. fun. So I'll be sharing those within in the next couple of uh, days before Christmas. But right now, I discovered something called for, that's Greek called the Kalent Kant or Kali Kantzaros. Now, this I'm going to theorize that this is what the Gremlins are actually based on. So the the Kalinkantzaros is Greek, Bulgarian, Serbian, Turkish, and Kalinkantzaroi is the plural. It's a malevolent creature in southeastern Europe. Stories about the Kalinkantzaros or its equivalents can typically be found in Greece, Bulgaria, Turkey, Serbia, Albania, Bosnia, and so on. Kalinkantzaroi are believed to dwell underground but come to the surface during the 12 days of Christmas. That's December 25th to January 6th, traditionally. From the winter solstice for a fortnight, during which time the sun ceases its seasonal movement. The Kalant Kantzaroi are supernatural creatures that, according to this folklore, cause all kinds of mischief, also known as Christmas trolls. Small, chthonic, which means underground dwelling, Creatures that resemble trolls, elves, or goblins. If they make it into your home, they steal your food, hide your tools and personal items, ruin your furniture, and make a mess wherever they go. Some fear them. Others think they're simply a bunch of tricksters. Are you sure that's not like a translation error and they're just not talking about kids? <laughs> right. <laughs> but according to Greek folklore, they tried to destroy the tree ruin of your life. your furniture. Yeah, eat all your food. Right, so they spend most of the year trying to chop down the tree of life that is below our feet, and the only time they stop doing that is during the winter solstice when the veil is thinnest. So they come up here, and while they're distracting, while they're distracted up here, the tree essentially grows back on Christmas Day, and by the time they get down there on January sixth, they've got to start chopping all over again. Man, you know, we really made a mistake uh, as parents, as a society, and. You know, not indoctrinating our kids with the supernatural, the from, fear from the, yeah. the fear, the, the fear they were born. You used to have so much mythological help to get your kids to behave. Well, it, you had to back then because chances of someone you know or someone you love dying in the winter was huge. Like so, you you had to set up all this folklore to keep kids from going outside, for, keep kids from staying up too late, to keep you know keep kids to eat the right meals, you know. So it, it was useful back then. It can still be useful now. I, of course, just enjoy anything spooky. So I, I fully embrace the spookiness of Christmas. The only leverage I've got is the Wi-Fi. I know, buddy. But there's lots they can learn and be spooked out <laughs> yeah, about sure. on the Wi-Fi, buddy. Yeah, there's like a thousand. Ugh, they, well, they could be learning, but instead it's yeah. just, you know, it's just memes. Today's Creepmas, Creepmas Day 13, when we're recording this, is Christmas Ghost Stories. We talked about that on our yeah. Christmas Carol episode from fucking like, what is it, four years ago now? Three years ago. Three years, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. That. This is our fourth <laughs> one, but it was three years ago. So yeah, check out our back holiday episodes. They're really good. I like, I like listening to them around this time to reflect on how much we've grown as people, Jonathan, over the years and how much our podcast has grown. You've definitely grown as a person. What we love. I don't know about me. About the holidays, Jonathan is doing great. <laughs> he he is waking up every day, raising this many children. Going to work still, too. Going to work, putting presents. I see the presents under that tree. He's putting I presents under that tree. some more. Well, that's fine, Jonathan. If you, you, know, you need some help from, from the uncles, let us know. 
But sending out lists. So the solstice is coming up. It will be this coming Thursday. Hopefully that's the day I release this. Do you, do you have any personal thing you do for the longest night of the year? Do you watch a specific horror movie? Do you stay up all night eating your gummies and contemplating how the year has gone by so fast? Or what do you do on the solstice? Not not Christmas Eve, not Christmas. Who cares on the solstice? As embarrassing as it is, I, there's a handful of poets that I, mm. I, I like to read in the evening on the solstice. Mm. So please don't tell anybody. I won't. I like to read M.R. James. He's an astute British man. I go for some Omos trans trimmer. Oh, what? Well, I'm not saying that right. Um, what? Yeah, I've never heard that person. I'll loan you his book. It's really good. I okay. think you'd like it. It's okay. very... Well, everything you've given me up until this point has been spectacular, so I trust you. Jonathan is a really good book picker. If you have if you if you have an idea for a book or someone you know likes a certain type of books, I guarantee Jonathan probably knows a few titles in that genre. Cinema it doesn't have Stephen to be horror. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Just get it done. Get it done. Just do what's right this Christmas. And so I've got a handful of things that I that I usually read, and then you know, yeah, I stare out the window and think long thoughts. We're gonna have a warmer Christmas this year. I don't like that, but this year I think on the solstice I might actually I'll watch a Christmas horror movie of some sort. Probably. You gonna be here? Or you gonna be traveling? No, we're we're spending the holidays up here for the first time, and I'm very excited about. Oh, okay, that. good, yeah. good. We're we'll going to get mom, and then I think I'm gonna spend part of Christmas Eve with the Baldwin's. They've been special guests on our yeah, couple yeah. of our episodes. They watch Die Hard and drink scotch and make steaks every Christmas Eve, and I want to be a part of that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's important, and I've like I've. As long as I've known them, I've known about that, and I've always wanted yeah, to join in. Yeah, that sounds so, amazing. So I'm, I'm excited. to. I won't be there the whole time because I, I have Cheryl's family's Christmas Eve, and then I have my family's Christmas Eve as well, so I'll probably pop over there in between. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to stop by. So something I wanted to keep doing on this that we, we still do, I want to talk about some relevant recent horror or some upcoming horror. Jonathan, I saw Godzilla Minus One. What do you think? It's really good. Yeah? Like... Is that in the theater now? Yes. It is just as good as Gojira that we covered on the podcast. Go back and check out our Gojira episode. It's, is it like... Is it... You think like 11-year-olds would like it? Yeah. Well, Monster so it's, a, it's subtitles, but one of the things I saw, because it's Japanese, my theater had a surprising number of children in it. And one of the things I asked a friend of mine, I was like, there were a bunch of kids in there and I thought they were going to walk out because of subtitles, but none of them did. And he goes, yeah, because they all watch anime. Oh, that's like, a good that's point. That's something I haven't, or they watch YouTube and there's closed captioning on all those videos. So these children nowadays are used to closed captioning, whereas we kind of had to learn, I had to like learn to be okay with yeah, we were like, I'm not reading during a movie. That's for school. <laughs> I prefer it now, dude, because I, I still can't understand what people say sometimes, or I'm just too ADHD to, to Well, that's the thing now is that, you know, they purposefully mix movies to make the dialogue hard to hear. Yeah, yeah. Out of some bullshit claim to realism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. So, sadly, we said we were going to do two episodes this month. We're not going to. We were going to cover a film called Dead End, where about a family getting trapped in a snowstorm on Christmas Eve. Jonathan, is there anything else you want to bring up on this fine episode of Well-Adjusted Horror Christmas Edition? That's all I got, other than to tell everyone thank you for listening, as always, Yeah, and uh, sticking with us another year. Yeah, and you know, don't worry about uh, 
how many gifts you got under the tree? That's not what it's about. It's absolutely what it's about. One, <laughs> one of these, the only thing anybody remembers. One of these days, the kids are going to understand that uh, as they I get know. older. I don't want to live that long. You know, you know I, now, got, I got a checklist. I got to get it done. And well, Now it's about like roll what, on. when I get my mom for Christmas instead of that's what nice. she gets me. So that's, that's a change nice. that happens. And with those dulcet tones. Oh, my God, the slow jazz. Put another log on the fire. Plug in some bang. And don't, whatever you do, for God's sakes, do not put on a Santa outfit and try to climb down a chimney. Don't. And cuddle up close to that next one. And don't feed us after midnight. <laughs>